want to welcome you to day three of our look together through Galatians chapter one. As we look at Galatians chapter one, we are focusing on the good news that God has for our lives. You might remember those old good news and bad news jokes. Well, today I don't have good news and bad news. I've got some good news and some good news. Remember, in our look at Galatians, chapters one and two of Galatians is all about the gospel, about the good news. Chapters three and four are all about the law and how the law leads us, teaches us towards the good news. And chapters five and six are all about the freedom in Christ that you and I have because of the good news, how you live it out. The the good news is the gospel. The words mean the same thing. Gospel defined means good news, but it means good news with a capital G and a capital N. A capital G because it is the best news ever told. It is, it is good. It is good. And a capital N, it is news because this is the event that changed our world more than any other. And it is the event that changes my life, your life more than any other. Because it's good news for you. Good news of the fact that Jesus Christ loves you. He's given himself for you. You need some good news in your life. Maybe your job's not going very well. Maybe struggles in your family. Maybe just internal struggles. You're just struggling with a, an internal sense of loss for some reason. You need some good news. Listen, it's already been spoken. God has good news, but you have to take care. Let no one steal from you that good news, and people will try to. Satan doesn't want you to hear the good news. He don't want, doesn't want you to live a good news life. He wants you to live a bad news life. And so Galatians 1, and even into chapter 2 of Galatians, is all about how you and I are to handle the good news. We've been given this incredible gift of the good news. And both for my life and the people's lives who are around me, I need to handle that gift in the right way so that I can enjoy it in the right way. How do I handle the good news? Well, today we're going to take a look, a beginning point at how to handle the good news. We're going to begin where Paul began. The good news, how do you handle it? You handle it with conviction. It is so good, you can't handle it by saying, well, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. No, you have to be convinced because it is so good. There is only one good news. Listen to the conviction with which Paul speaks about the good news in verses 6 to 10. Remember, the Galatians are beginning to fall away from the good news, begin to follow a false teaching, and Paul says this to them. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than the one you accepted, Let him be eternally condemned. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Paul writes about the good news with great conviction. And he's saying here that the capitalized good news can only have one headline. Jesus Christ gave himself for our sins. That phrase that we looked at yesterday. That's the headline. That is good news for a world. That is good news for you. That is the good news that came when Jesus came into this world. The angels, remember when Jesus was born, said there is good news of great joy for all the people, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That's the good news. You want the good news in one word? The word is grace. Grace means undeserved love. 
It means unearned, but given freely. And Paul writes here and he says, you're turning to a different gospel. You can't have a different headline to this good news. It's impossible. And so he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting. And that phrase has the idea of you haven't yet deserted, but you're headed the wrong way. I see you headed toward a cliff. And I want to warn you before you get there. What was this, what was this wrong way that they, had, they were headed? Well, they were listening to the false teaching of the Judaizers. And the Judaizers added works to the beginning of the gospel and the end of the gospel. At the beginning, they added circumcision, saying you must be circumcised in order to follow the gospel of Jesus Christ. And at the end, they added ceremony. You have to follow all these Old Testament ceremonies in order to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They built sort of like a, a gospel sandwich. They put Jesus in the middle, but these two beliefs of theirs on either end. And Paul says, that's no gospel at all. The message has to stand alone. You add to it or you take from it and you have no good news at all. What he's saying is this. If you try to have more than grace or less than grace, it isn't grace at all. Grace stands alone. God has unmerited favor towards you. How can you say God has unmerited favor towards you and here's how you earn it? That doesn't make any sense. God's grace is all-powerful. So how can you say God's grace is all-powerful except in this case? That doesn't make any sense. Paul's saying grace stands alone. All you need is grace. Now, I said we were going to turn to Luther's commentary a few times as we walk through this book, and I love what Luther says at this point. He says, the world bears the gospel a grudge because the gospel condemns the religious wisdom of the world. Why do people not accept this good news? Because the religious wisdom of the world is, I can make it to God on my own. That appeals to my pride. And if somebody tells me, you can't make it to God on your own, you need a gift. You need a gift that only God can give. That's why sometimes people bear the gospel a grudge. They don't accept it. They miss out. And this is why Paul speaks so strongly here about the good news. He says, if someone preaches to you a different gospel, he's very powerful. He says, let him be accursed. That, that is a word that indicates the danger of playing with the gospel and the importance of keeping the central message central. Let him be, he says, eternally condemned. Now, why, why was Paul so harsh here? Because the stakes are so high. These were people who were being taught false truths, but they were being taught these false truths not out of ignorance, but these false teachers were teaching in order to gain power over others. And Paul says, if someone's doing that, let them be accursed. Now, let me give you a picture of why Paul has such deep emotion here. If someone were to hurt one of your children intentionally, you would want them to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law because they hurt your child. And judgment should come because of the harm they brought to your child. Well, Paul is speaking here about false teachers who are stealing from spiritual children that he has brought up. They're trying to steal from them eternity and to lead them astray from this truth. And the only reason they were teaching these false truths was so that they could feel a little more powerful, so that they could satisfy their feelings of jealousy against Paul. And so Paul says very powerfully, let them be accursed if they do that. That's how important this is. Remember, Paul is very protective in these verses. And the reason he's so protective is because what he's talking about is so important. In essence, Paul is focusing on the good news as the only headline in the story. And he's saying this, if any other news is good news, then 
Christ died needlessly. There would be no reason for him to do what he did. I, I talk to many people today who struggle at this point. They know, they know they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and they know the good news has come into their lives. But as they talk to other people, they feel like, oh, it, it would be judgmental for me to say to them, you need this good news too. Maybe they can get to God some other way. And it would be judgmental for me to say Jesus is the only way. Well, first of all, it's not judgmental because you're not the one who said Jesus is the only way. Jesus said that himself. So you're just passing along what Jesus said. And it's never judgmental to pass along what somebody else said, especially Jesus Christ. But even more than that, think about what you're saying. When you say, well, the good news is good news for me, and maybe other people can get to God another way, what you're saying is this. You're saying Jesus didn't have to die. You're saying there are other ways to God. And if there are other ways to God, besides through Jesus Christ and what he did on that cruel cross, then what happened on that cross didn't have to happen. I could have chosen one of the other paths. And if what happened on that cross did not have to happen, then God is a cruel God. Why would he allow Jesus to go through that suffering? Why would Jesus choose to go through that suffering except that it was absolutely necessary? Jesus did not die needlessly. He died because we all need him. And the good news is he died for all, not for one certain race or one certain people. Remember, Jesus died in a Middle Eastern country. That's where he gave his life. Remember, Jesus is a Jewish man in his human flesh. So Jesus gave himself for all, and all need him. The good news, do not let anyone steal from you. The fact that the good news is good because it's given to all. And the good news is good because we all need it in our lives. Don't let anybody rob you of the good news. Don't let everybody rob you of what Jesus Christ wants to do in your life and my life through the good news. Jesus, thank you for dying for us. It was not needless. There are not many ways to salvation, or why would you have given yourself like that? You came because that was the only way. And you gave yourself, you suffered, because you love me, you love us. And we thank you for that love. We thank you that you went through that evil day in order that the good news, the good news can happen in my life. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. 